Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. In First John, we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 5. That's where we left off, verse number 6. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 12. And tonight, in verses 6 through 12, you are going to see that John is making the case or making the argument for the deity of Christ. And this is of great importance. He's trying to convince people... And through His preserved Word, He's trying to convince people today that Jesus was indeed the Christ. And it's important because John is saying also that to be born again, to know that you're going to heaven, you've got to believe that Jesus is indeed the Christ. And he says in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whosoever that believeth that Jesus is the Christ, or that He's the Messiah, or that He's the Son of God. Now, stick with me. Warren Wearsby, commentator, preacher, known by a lot of people, passed away not too terribly long ago, asked a good question concerning that claim. Again, John says in chapter 5, verse number 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So Wearsby asked a, a fair question. It's on the screen. But how do we know? How do we know that Jesus Christ is God or that Jesus is the Christ? Is it not true? Some of his contemporaries called him a liar and a deceiver. Others have suggested that he was a religious fanatic, a madman, or perhaps a Jewish patriot who was sincere, but sadly mistaken. So John tells us in chapter 5, verse number 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and Wearsby raises a fair question, how do we know that he's God? How do we know that he is the Messiah? How do we know that Jesus was God in the flesh? This is a critical issue. Do we have support from God's Word that indeed He is God in the flesh? Or are we Christians just being scammed? Are we just gullible people that are falling for a lie? A lot of people believe that. I'm right in the middle of a book on Karl Marx, you know, the father of communism. And Karl Marx and Lenin and most all communists are devout atheists, if you will. They truly believed when they were alive that Christianity was, in Marx's own words, just the opiate of the people. That people needed God So they created God. God did not create them. These men really believe it. And 
radical leftists today believe that too. You know, and this is going to be an understanding the times lesson coming up in the near future. You know, I did a few of those and things got interrupted. I was doing on Sunday afternoon understanding the times. And uh, I'm going to go back to that. It, it, I'm probably going to take a little different format. I'm probably going to do it on Facebook from uh, here or, or at home because I, I want it recorded and I want it on uh, on the Internet because I want people to, to, to hear about this and read about this. Uh, so are we being scammed? Are we, was Lenin and Karl Marx and Engels and all of those guys, were they, were they the enlightened ones? Could they see things that we can't see? You don't want to be scammed. I remember poor Mrs. Hinckley. Some of you knew about the fact that when she was alive years ago, she got a phone call from someone that said they were, they were uh, uh, her grandson in Mexico and had gotten in a car accident or something. And she thought it was her grandson. And he needed some money. And she sent who she thought was her grandson. If I remember correctly, Jamie, do you remember? It was like $700 or something. You know, she was scammed. Because it, it, wasn't, it was not her grandson. It was absolutely a scam. Scamming goes on all the time. Are, are we being scammed? Well, the good thing about the book of 1 John is he is assuring all believers that, no, you have not been scammed. Uh, John, if you go back to the beginning of 1 John, which we've been studying through, and this is important. I don't want to be scammed. I don't want to, be, I don't want to believe something that is not true. But let me tell you, through this COVID thing, God has shown himself so real to me more than ever before. More than ever am I convinced of, of, of the reality of God and, and the power of, of His Word and the importance of us being on fire for the Lord. But in, in 1 John, he recognizes that he's got to make the case. You know, he's telling people to put your faith in Jesus Christ and you can be saved because He was the Christ. He was the Messiah. So, are we being scammed? Well, John addresses that. If you go back to the beginning of 1 John, in chapter 1, verse number 1, John began the book by asserting that you can know that Jesus is the Son of God because of the testimony of men. You're not, he's saying, look, you're not being scammed. In fact, those of you that don't believe, you need to believe. One of the main cases he makes is based on the testimony of men who were there, who saw Christ, who witnessed what He did. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 1. This is how he starts off the whole book. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the Word of life, Jesus Christ. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Wearsby's question is fair. You know, John is saying, put your faith in Jesus the Christ and you will have eternal life. But then he backs it up. He, in fact, that's the way he starts off with the testimony of men. And that in and of itself should be enough. These were eyewitnesses. But he takes it 
to another level as he gets towards the end of the book of 1 John. For in chapter 5, verses 6 through 12, John begins to close the book by asserting that you can know that Jesus is the Son of God because of the testimony not only of men, but of God Himself. Now this is important. God doesn't want you to doubt. God wants you to have assurance of your salvation. So John starts off, one, by saying, I can attest to the deity of Christ by my own eyewitness testimony and the testimony of other men. And then as he's about to close, he says, there's other testimony. There's the testimony of God Himself to the deity of Jesus Christ. Let's look at these verses. We'll read through them, and then we'll come back and go through them quickly and point out some important things. John is making the case that no, he wasn't scammed, and you're not being scammed. Verse number 6. This is, this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These, are, these three are one. Verse number 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. And then he says this. <coughs> if we receive the witness of men which in and of itself is enough. What he said at the beginning of this chapter, he said, we saw, we touched, we, we, we felt. He says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which He has testified of His Son. Verse 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And then he wraps it up, these last two verses, 11 and 12. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now that's a major claim, that if you have the Son, you have life. And he's talking about eternal life, and he's talking about life now more abundantly. Jesus said, I give you life, I give it more abundantly. So he starts off by saying, the witness of men, we eyewitnesses, we can confirm that with what we saw, touched and heard, He is deity. But he says, more than that, there are three other witnesses. And this is the testimony of God Himself. Let's look at them. What are those three witnesses? The first witness is the water. This is He that came by water and blood. Let's just stop right there. This is He that came by water. Almost every preacher I know of agrees on this one. The water being referred to there is the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan. And it was at that time that the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And at the same time, the Spirit descended upon Him. That ain't happened to nobody else before or after. Okay? That's God's affirmation that Jesus was the Christ. 
ain't none of us had God's voice come audibly when we got baptized. Ain't none of us had the Holy Spirit descend on us like it did then. John, you know, I, I thought about this. God knows we're skeptical. So he's got John. John, you're going to have to make the case of these hardheads down there on earth. You know, you've you got some slow learners and you got some hardheads. So remind them of the water. Remind them at the baptism what happened, where the Spirit descended like a dove resting on him. This was the Father's attestation of the fact that his Son was beginning his ministry. And then we come to the end of his ministry. The second witness of God. The first witness of God is the water. The second witness of God is the blood. And again, every preacher, every commentator that I have confidence in says that is referring to Jesus on the cross. And again, verse number 6, this is He that came by water and blood. And these are all witnesses to the fact that Jesus Christ is indeed the Christ. Think about what happened when He died. Some unusual things happened when He was baptized that proved that this wasn't just any ordinary man. The same happened when He died. The supernatural darkness, the, the earthquake, the rending of the temple veil. Matthew 27, 45, Now from the sixth hour there was a darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And then you skip down in verse number 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Ain't nobody I know when they died had a temple veil rent from top to bottom. Ain't nobody I know when they died had an earthquake result from that and graves opened and bodies of the saints which slept, as it says, arose. That's God testifying to the fact that this was His Son. You have the witness of the baptism or the water when, to put it bluntly, some unusual things happened that hadn't happened before or since. And then the second witness is the blood, the death. Things happened there that hadn't happened before or since. And then the third witness, the Spirit. The Spirit. It says that this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness. Because the Spirit is truth. The third testimony from God Himself that Jesus is deity is the Spirit. One writer said this, and I was impressed. I copied it so that you could look at it. The Spirit was given to bear witness to Christ. We can trust the Spirit's witness because the Spirit is truth. We were not present at the baptism of Christ or at His death, but the Holy Spirit was. The Holy Spirit is the only person active on earth today who was present when Christ was ministering here. 
And it's that which is in you that causes you to believe. That is the witness of the Holy Spirit. You have three witnesses here. The water. Unusual things happening. The blood. The death. Unusual things happening. And the Spirit which moves in us as you will see in a second. So John is making the case for the deity of Christ. 1 John 1, 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands have handled of the word of life. He makes the case when he starts the book, towards the end of the book, after mentioning man's witness, he talks about God's witness. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. So let's, let's look. We're looking at verses 6 through 12 tonight. Let, let's continue on a little bit. Just a quick summary of the remaining verses there. John says these two witnesses are sufficient to prove the deity of Christ. Verse number 9 If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. I, I think John is saying there, look, if you don't believe us, okay, believe God. Well, how do we believe God? Well, look at what happened when Jesus was baptized. And look at what happened when Jesus was, was, was crucified. And look at what's happened to you and in you. Then John says we internalize the witness of the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? Verse number 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So, the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Those, those that believe him. And then, then, verse number 11 and 12, John is summarizing that he has provided sufficient proof that you can obtain eternal life through Jesus. Verses 11 and 12. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Our, our Heavenly Father is so loving and so patient, and He knows us so well that He had to have John write these words that we're reading tonight and then miraculously preserve them so that about 2,000 years later, we're reading those very words. And John knows that we are, we can be hard-headed, we can be difficult, we're human, we're sinners. So I suppose the Lord is thinking to Himself, you know, i I got to make the case. I don't want people to go to hell. i got to make the case. John, write, write this. You know, this is in my mind. God's telling you... John, write this. Tell the people you and others actually saw Him and, and you heard Him. In fact, you physically touched Him. R write that down. And, and that you are 100% convinced that Jesus is the Christ. Then maybe towards the end of the chapter, I don't know, God's thinking, John, add this. Add this. Because you're going to have some knuckleheads down there and I love them and I don't want them to go to hell. Tell them about the baptism. Okay, Wasn't any baptism like it before or since. John, tell them about 
tell him about the uh, the death of, of, of my son. You know, the things that happened. Didn't happen for any other man, just happened for Jesus. And throw in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is witness to them, and now the, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is in them. How how good is God? No, if you're a believer, you have not been scammed. In fact, it's just the other way around. If you are not a believer, you have been scammed. That's a good point. I just thought of that just now. Sandy, I was expecting an amen from you. Oh, it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Think about who's been scammed. The ones that don't believe. Because the evidence is overwhelming. Let me give you three things to take home with you. We learn from this that God wants all people to be saved. So we had John put forth man's testimony as well as God's testimony to the deity of Christ. God loves us even though we're sinners, even though we're difficult, even though, even though after we get saved we still can do our best to mess up. But for lost people, God wants all people to be saved. So we had John put forth both the testimony of men and God's testimony by what He did at the baptism and what He did at the, at the crucifixion and what He did through the work of the Holy Spirit. God wants all people to be saved. Number two, God wants saved people to have assurance of their salvation. So He puts forth log logical and factual arguments for the deity of Christ. I hate to see someone who is saved doubt their salvation. That's not fun. And it can happen, and it does happen. The people that are truly saved, and for whatever reason, they may doubt. But, you know, our Heavenly Father, emphasis on Father, who loves us better than even our own fathers have loved us, He puts this down, and you can go back and read it. And you can know that, yeah, this is real. Jesus existed. I mean, there, there, there is more in this book. You know, people want proof. Well, you got it right here. You got written eyewitness testimony. It's overwhelming. God won't save people to have assurance of their salvation, so He puts forth logical and factual arguments for the deity of Christ. Number three, take this home with you. God wants saved people to have full assurance of their salvation so that they can move on. If you're struggling with that, you're stuck in first gear. God wants saved people to have full assurance of their salvation so they can enjoy all the blessings and the benefits that come from being saved. Because in 1 John chapter 5, we look tonight at verses 6-12. through 12. Well, verses 13 to the end of the chapter, he's going to be talking about the blessings of prayer and, and other blessings. He's already talked about them. And so someone that's struggling with assurance of their salvation is going to be so focused on that that they're going to miss out on all the other blessings. And it's just amazing how much God loves us. It's just amazing how well God knows us and how He addresses um, Areas where we fall short. Wondering, is this true? Is this real? Was Jesus really the Christ? Was He really the Messiah? Uh, 
Lenin didn't think so. Karl Marx didn't think so. I mention them because I'm reading the book. Uh, but so many others today. You, you have family and friends. I've, I've, got a, I've got a cousin. Very bright lady. Brilliant. I think she's a chemist or something, whatever. And I love her to death. She, she's not buying it. She's not buying it. But what you sense, if you think, God's trying. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but that's the way it just comes out. He's trying. He's reaching out. John, write this. Write this. Write this. These are, this is the, you know, you're, you're writing facts. This isn't theory. We're not hoping. Write this. Tell him this. Tell him this. God's doing his best. And those of us that have accepted Christ, we need to embrace that. We need to not worry about, you know, is all this real? Brother Buchanan, I, I, as I think back on it, I really don't know what to think about it, but Brother Buchanan was um, my pastor down in Louisiana a number of years ago and just died a couple years ago. It's hard for me to believe that Bob Buchanan isn't with us anymore. Big old Texan. And Anyway, we would line up uh, before the service. I, as one of the men on staff, would sit up on the platform and we would line up back in the back, kind of like the choir does now, and I'd usually be standing by him. The choir would go out first, then he'd go, and I'd go out last. And there'd be some times when Brother Buchanan would say, he called, back to, in Baton Rouge, I'm known as Coach, and he said, Coach, is all this real? And uh, I hope he was joking with me. I'd hate to think the pastor didn't know. And I'm, I'm 99% sure he was joking. He'd say, is all this real? Well, for him to even say that would make me think that maybe sometimes you think that, or I could think that. Is, is this real? Maybe a weak moment. You know, something happens. Is, this, is all this real? The Lord is saying, look, I give you eyewitnesses. And the testimony of what happened at his baptism, not to mention the other things along the way, the, the miracles and what have you. I haven't even touched on that. No, there were eyewitnesses to all that. It's real. And we need to accept it. We don't need to doubt our salvation. And we need to make sure that others know that it's real too. We need to share the gospel with everybody we have a chance to right now. I cannot stress that enough. Now is the time. Now is the time for Myo Baptist Church to go on the offensive. And I think things are getting better, certainly with the pandemic. I, I watch those numbers, and if they're right, the charts and graphs that I look at, it's all going in the right direction right now. That's why I feel a little more free about opening things back up. And folks will start, these chairs will start filling back in. I can understand folks uh, a little skeptical right now with what happened in the church and so many getting it. Uh, the good news is all those folks have come through it, and a lot of them, well, some it was pretty, it was a tough go, but a lot, thankfully, it wasn't, wasn't so bad. But uh, we'll get back there. And we need to come rip-roaring ready to go. Isn't it neat... When you think about what John wrote and who prompted him, inspired him, gave him the words, he's making an argument for God and for the deity of Christ. He is making an argument because people can be, well, people are sinners. I am so grateful for this book. I am so grateful to God. And I am so grateful that He he loves us and uh, 
you haven't been scammed. The ones that are scammed have been scammed by the devil. And we need to reach them and let them know, hey, you've been scammed. Don't go down that road anymore. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for loving us. Thank You for saving us. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, it's been like a life preserver thrown out to me during these difficult times as never before. Lord, I've always known it's Your Word. I've always appreciated it. But going through a storm, You appreciate it even more. And I trust that will be said of every member of my old Baptist church. And Lord, may we share that Word with others. May we look for opportunities tomorrow to not only to be an encouragement to others, but to be an encouragement in the best way by sharing our witness and our testimony with others. Help us to reach others, Lord, for the Christ of the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.